All right, hey everybody, it's Scoots here, and uh, we're doing a, this is a board game unboxing episode uh, that I'm very excited to talk about because uh, one of the creators of this game is John August from Script Notes Podcast that uh, we kind of have, we kind of owe a little bit of the podcast to John and Craig, uh, or maybe a lot of the podcast because they listen to Script Notes Years before I started the show, uh, and, and I could still picture myself where I was listening for the first time on a lunch break uh, from my day, it was my job before it was my day job when I was doing the podcast. And uh, it was just a really like inspirational, educational, and really got me through some, uh, une- I don't know, it really unintentionally helped me grow up as a, as a person and then be able to make stuff. Because I think at the time I was listening to it, I was having trouble, uh, a lot of trouble with follow through uh, and getting things done, and 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 uh, having and managing my expectations and managing getting work done versus escapism versus uh, how you feel about yourself uh, and stuff like that. So I'm very appreciative of John and Craig, and uh, I mean just to be totally straight with people, like it ended up uh, like uh, for me to move forward and making stuff, even though I kind of had some attempts, it was like I had to get sober for me. Uh, I mean, I started the podcast before I was sober, but I got sober not long after it, a few months. And I think those two, those two things were interconnected, but having external positivity, I don't know, people that really care about something and, and they're putting caring into the show and caring for their listeners uh, I don't know. It was just, there's always been a special relationship for me. Uh, like, so, so I, I don't know. It wasn't like a direct connection to me getting sober. But when I look back at some of the stuff, I say, oh, okay. And I can even remember sending the, them an email once and I was saying, huh. And, but really, like, uh, it was talking about habits, but I wasn't talking about alcohol. And I said, oh, wait a second. Uh, like now looking back and say, oh, yeah, the real answer was like, uh, yeah, you got to have some space to be able to focus on making stuff in your spare time. So without further ado, now this game, now the official title of this game, you'll see, see in the show notes in the link. Uh, it's called uh, One Kiss Farm or One Kiss to the Big Farm is a longer uh, non-real title for it. Uh, it also goes by another name, and, and I'll have a link, and you can purchase a game right from uh, John's uh, store. And this is an actual full-on unboxing. So I'm holding the box in my hand. I've not unboxed it. I, I took the wrapping paper off. And so this is exciting. I have no idea really what's in the box. So the front, so right now the box is uh, about the size for for those of you that remember a VHS cassette tape. Uh, it's a little bit. It's about the size of that box, uh, that kind of box, or like uh, the same shape as a, a, a PlayStation or Xbox or a, a DVD. Uh, just like uh, it's about. Probably is almost exactly an inch thick. Uh, it's made out of high quality paperboard with kind of a shiny, I don't know, shiny matte finish. Is that even possible? I don't think it is. And this is the core deck. So the front of it has a, it's like almost like a three panel thing. And it says one 
kiss uh, to the big farm or big farm, you know, one kiss farm. And that's all in a kind of a cap, a white cap uh, block letters. Uh, and the first panel on the top is, uh, what is that, a vertical stripe, uh, like, uh, and it's blue, kind of like some sky or some snow. And there's a character on there, some sort of creature character, because this isn't it. Well, we'll see what kind of game it is. And the creature's looking at us and has red eyes, and it's uh, like a snow person, I think, maybe, is just my guess, because maybe that's snow. But it could be like a, it might not be snow, it could be some sort of a plumage character. Now, the next one gets very interesting right away. And this, I remember this image just from seeing, like, back when John first put this game out, uh... So the next panel is kind of a, like an orange space sky or night sky or a nebulous, orangish nebulous sky. And there's some, uh, even some like uh, thunderstorms and lightning storms behind it. But kind of like the ones you'd see, like you'd feel like you're, if you're in a space nebula or something. And then in front of that is a character who seems to be part, uh, organic in part cyber and uh, the character's yawning and is saying oh boy i'm sleepy so maybe the cyber stuff is part of i don't know uh but it's like, so cute the character oh boy and that's under kiss so i don't know if the character's kiss a kiss a yawn before a kiss or a yawn after a kiss uh I guess you'd yawn, like you'd say, brush your teeth, like, because you say sometimes people yawn and kiss in the morning. But you say, okay, could you brush your teeth though first? Uh, that's just me though. That's my issue. You're right. That's just my issue. I know. Okay, so then the next one is farm or, uh, you know, trip to the big farm in the sky uh, where the puppies run free. And that one is kind of a greenish, it looks like a laboratory possibly with some sort of scientific equipment in the background with greenish hues. And then, like I said, some of this is rephrased just because of uh, my lack of understanding of how I make it. But it says, uh, so this is the tagline, the ultimate toolbox, some assembly required. Then there's kind of a stripe uh, or some sort of like, like almost like a neon, uh, I don't know, I'm not good at describing that kind of stuff, a neon line that has a curve in it, and it goes from yellow kind of to a purple in a gradation of color, and it says core deck, so you can buy expansion decks clearly, and then there's four symbols, uh, which I assume have something to do with the game. One is a green, what are these, octagons or quantico? One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Can't even count them. One, two, three, four, six. Sept- is that a septi- sextagrand? <laughs> Never got one of those ever. Penta's five, right? And septa's seven. I don't know. So it's not an octagon. It's whatever has a six-sided geometric shape, of course, Alec. Uh, what is a six-sided geometric shape? 
and they're kind of in a, uh, a four, like a, a triangle or a cross shape. And the one on the left is green and has a leaf. So that's some sort of organic, maybe. Uh, the one on the bottom is blue and it looks like it has a circuit board. Then the one on the right is uh, maroon and it has like an atomic type symbol. And then the one on the top is intriguing. It is uh, orange, and it has a triangle with a circle behind it. Uh, so that's interesting. Okay, then on the left side of the box, it says One Kiss Farm, and it has the four symbols. Uh, and it goes uh, triangle, um, what is that, a circuit board, atomic leaf, uh, and it's from the company, quote, unquote, which I think is John's company. And on the other side, it says, yeah, One Kiss Farm. It has the same triangle circuit board atomic leaf. And here's some good news. It also has a web app and a companion app available on the Apple App Store or as a web app. And now let's get into the marketing part, right? So the back side is the kind of marketing, the teaser, you know, to get you if you're in a store. I bought it like, uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but like there was like, but I did buy a bunch of them as gifts uh, because they were changing warehouses. And I said, holy cow, I got to buy that game. But I do promise to buy the expansion packs at full price. So it says One Kiss Farm, created by John August. There you go. And then it has the four symbols again. And then it has the cards. So on one side of the card, it says OHK. What did I say? One Kiss, like, uh, which is another way of saying the actual, t- that's another nickname for the game. OH, OHK. Oh, let's hug and kiss. Uh so that's like what you could also call the game. Oh, let's hug and oh, the let's is in a parenthesis, hug and kiss. Or for short term, oh, hug and kiss. Uh, if, if I would have thought of that earlier, that would have been what I would have titled the game. But I do like one kiss uh, farm. So OHK, and then underneath it, it says tool, uh, a tool, offensive tool. It says, yeah, offensive tool. Or another vocabulary word. Then it has four cards of what they look like in the game. Oh, maybe this is somebody from the Frost Giant. Uh, And then it has writing that's either not legible to my eyes or is just... And then they have a something rabbit. uh, Then they have... uh, I can't read that. I got to get some readers. I have Nora... And then something, something of the gods. Uh, uh, This is a game of ridiculously overpowered offensive tools, uh, archetypal beings, and cuddly rabbits. Then we have more cards, but I'm going to read the the, um, the, the copy here. Race to assemble an offensive tool so powerful... It could send your opponents to the the big farm in the sky with a single kiss, a one-kiss farm. One-kiss farm is an easy-to-learn and and fast-moving drawing from traditional card games like gin and poker, along with European-style games like Catan and Ticket to Ride. Those are all popular games. I mean, oh boy. 
uh, in my house. Uh, Ticket to Ride is like uh, and poker. I love gin. I haven't played in a while, but I love playing that game. Uh, with simple rules and surprisingly complex strategy, One Kiss Farm might be your new favorite game. Okay, then to the left of this, so the okay, so by the way, at the top, the the two the offensive tool cards have a black background with white writing on the um whatever the non showcase you know you know the back side of the card yeah back side of the card. Now these cards it's showing down here have uh, it says O H K and then O H K uh, mirrored. So if you have the card, either way. But that's with a white background and black writing. And then it has this sampling of cards. There's some really nice colors. Again, the, the like mustardy yellow, limey green, a maroon, and then a, I don't know, is that a royal blue? Is that what royal blue looks like? I don't know. And then it says, oh boy, in the box, uh, one Kiss Farm Core Deck, uh, 40 Core Deck component cards, 20 Core Deck uh, offensive tool cards, and 11 Core Deck special cards. Also includes instructions and a double-sided full-color playmat. Holy mackerel, it comes with a playmat. Uh, it's for two to three players. It takes 10 to 15 minutes, ages eight, eight, eight plus. So I'm going to open the box so you won't hear that part because I know you're, you're, you're in bed. Okay, so this is totally 100% uh, real unboxing. So the first thing is a getting started game. And it's, uh, well, it's just four pages. So that's really good. And a lot of visuals, which are good for learning. So we'll go through that last because we don't want to, I love speculating. Uh, then we have the playmat. Let's check out the playmat because that playmat, you say, Scoots, what's a playmat? A bit like a game board for a card game. It'll help you organize things. Uh, so it's a two-sided playmat. And on the side I'm looking at is it's the orangish nebulous sky with that yawning cyber buddy. And it says one kiss farm. And it has a discard pile face down, a draw pile. And then something called the field. And there's three face-up cards in the field. And then it says, I guess on your turn, it's a, but it doesn't say on your turn. It says, do exactly one thing. You could draw a card, play a special card, discard any number of cards, add an offensive tool, or win the game. And uh, the flip side is the exact. It's also, so I guess it's like if you're in the mood, this is more of a cyber side. It has the same layout. It's just blue and purples with, uh, I don't know, like a bunch of spacey, like what's that, uh, Tron-like cubes and like maybe even a cube city in the background. Very beautiful and like a beautiful sky, even a little lens flare uh, maybe. So that's the playmat. Oh, boy. And it gets better. It gets better from here because here's the even better news. It just comes in its own box. Like the core deck uh, is a deck in itself that actually has a card box, which is so rare nowadays. Like usually you have, uh, 
you know, different, like, like, so you could actually take this and play it like on a road trip. I'm not sure. We'll have to see how the play goes. Like, could you play it while waiting in line at a theme park? But they also have the app. And the play box is again in that um, nebulous color. It looks like there may be there, on the back. It says uh, one kiss. It has a website, which I'll link to. And it says one kiss, what I say? One kiss farm core deck and the symbols and then the nebulous sky, maybe some sort of uh, asteroid with runes on it. I mean, R-U-N-E-S is uh, not R-U-I-N-E-S is in there. So I'm going to open the box. So I'll be right back. All right. So I have it unwrapped and it's actually like a really nice card box. It's thicker than a regular 52 card deck. Um, but a quality box. So again, you say, could I take it on the road? I'd say probably you can. Uh, could you carry it in your pocket, your front pocket? I mean, you could carry it in your back pocket. Just don't sit down. And could you carry it in your front pocket? Probably it'd be a little bulky, but you could all easily put it in a backpack or even a small, pa- small, you could even take it in your pocketbook. Oh, not a pot. What's up? Oh no. Like, like any small bag, any person could be carrying. Okay, so I have the cards in my hand, and there's, uh, like they said, there's three, well, let's see, yeah, there's W, there's uh, offensive tool, oh boy, and they have their high-quality cards, like, uh, because they have even, like, that texture to them, like, they're made of a material, like, you can even see on the cards, uh, I don't know if that's for holding or just the quality of the paper where it looks like there's a square. So like almost like you say, this that made out of like a material, I guess. Well, everything's material. I mean, like a, a cotton or something versus paper. It's embossed. I don't know. And they're shiny and they, yeah, plastic coated or whatever, I'm sure. And at this thing is like the thing that says OHK, which is a short term for the, al- the third alternative name or the second alternative name. Oh, hug and kiss. Uh, OHK makes me think of o- OKC, Oklahoma City basketball team, or OAK, o- OAK is Oakland Airport, or Oklahoma, where the wind blows. Uh, but anyway, so. Uh, so I'm going to flip these cards over and just look at this. This card says uh, Overload, and it's some sort of doing card. Replace all the cards in the field. Any player with more than 10 cards has to discard down to five. And uh, if this card fills a spot in field or any player's hand holds two over Overload cards, it takes effect immediately. So that brings up a question right away for me of like, oh boy, like, well, how does something end up in the field? That's question one that I'm interested in find out. And then two, how would people know if you, like, uh, if you have two overload cards, are your hand, is your hand displayed? Is there an honesty thing? This is interesting already. Okay. Next one is another overload card, which we've seen. Another, so three overload cards so far. Oh boy, chaos. Uh, anybody, shout out to uh, Rob and Josh uh, and all the rest of the, uh, remember, remember Chaos Cass uh, from one of the best seasons of the TV show Survivor. 
uh, chaos, and it has the atomic symbol. Oh boy, I sorry with the uh, overload. It had the uh, the symbol for rads. If you've ever played a video game and you need to measure your rads, uh, the, the, that one has the, this one is more of the atomic symbol for chaos, uh, which is red. The the rads symbol was orange, uh, and this says, oh boy, I just noticed. Holy mackerel! It is so subtle. Is that my imagination? No. Like in the background, is that on all the cards? I'll have to see. There's like a a very faint gray. So it's a white background, but there's a gray um, pattern. It's just very faint. I don't know if that's on all, like just on the chaos cards or not. Discard. So chaos. Discard all three cards in the field. Or force another player to take them, refill the field, then draw one card from it. And let's see, it's probably three, oh no, two chaos cards, but we don't, you know, we're not counting cards here. Yeah, and this card is, it says natural selection, and it has a gray, kind of like a geometric type background, or like a pores of skin. Or you're right, plant pores. You're right, it could be pores on a plant. Uh, it's, and this has the leaf symbol. And it says, draw the top five cards. Keep as many as, uh, of them as you wish and discard the rest. Uh, so this is interesting. It reminds me, like, I'm already getting a feel for this as far as how much fun I'm going to have. Like, uh, it's, so it's got a little bit of, uh, what do you call that game that I played with Antonio Banderas, uh, Munchkin. And another game that I've played in the, well, and then, um, you got mewing kittens. Uh, they're like, I think, I don't know if this game came out before that though, but yeah. So then there's another natural selection card and next one is called rejects, R E G E X. Uh, and it has the cyber, uh, symbol and it has a different background. Okay, so everything does have a different background. So this one has a gray distant background too, but it's uh, very, like, a, what do you say, graph paper. So that last one was like plant cells or something. A draw, Search the draw pile and select one card to put in your hand and then shuffle. That is really good to go through the draw pile a lot of times. Like in Munchkin, that's a really good one. And sometimes you could search, yeah, there's different draw piles. Another Rejects card, and I like the Rejects, it's funny. Transmute, so this is the the uh, triangle and circle symbol, but the circle's smaller than the triangle. They're not, like, it's not like the triangle's within the circle, it's over the circle, because the symbol for AA is... Uh, um, the triangle within a circle. Okay, and it looks like it has a triangular gray background. Uh, very geometric. And this one, change the class of one numbered card. Also, change the class of one numbered card when it is played to create an offensive tool. Wow, so this opens up, uh, this blows my mind. Change the class of one numbered card. And it can become a, a offensive tool. So now my, I say, well, I don't even know what to expect next. I mean, we get to the those type of cards. And then another transmutes. 
Okay, here we go. This is our first numbered card. Oh, boy. And it's like we're talking about, you know, board games are something that also involves theater of the mind or suspension of disbelief, right? In order to have the most fun, in my opinion. So this one, the card, all the writing on the card is red or maroon. I'd say it's a dark maroon, but it could just be a red. It's 10 is the number. It has the atomic symbol on there. It says Arctic Blast. And it has snowflakes drawn with uh, sleet and, and snow. So you say, okay, Arctic Blast, and it's 10. So say, okay, well, it's 10 the purchase. You know, this is interesting. And let's see, the next card. Oh, boy, so now we're on 9, Lightning Bolt. Uh, and it has the atomic symbol and a lightning bolt uh, drawing, kind of like you'd see on the front of the Shazam. Now we're down. Oh, no, now we're on eight. Eye of the Storm. This is also the atomic symbol. Looks kind of like the eye of a storm or a black hole or a vort, vortice, vortex or vortex. You say vortex, I say vortices. You say well, one's plural, Scoots. They'd say, well, then I guess it's a vortex if you want to be technical. But yeah, Eye of the Storm 8, uh, atomic symbol, or yeah, atomic, uh, atomic symbol, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what Dr. Manhattan would say. Oh boy, Cosmic String, number 7. And it has like some cool like space dust, you shining stars, and then what could be a cut, like a cut, which in a string, which uh, Cosmic String. All these have been maroon, so maybe there's like four. Oh, so there's like four. What are those? What are those called? Four. Uh, I don't know. What do you say with the, when when you play regular cards? Four. Uh, not values. You got hearts. You get diamonds. I'll think of it eventually. But this one's thunderclap. It's six. It's a, a cloud, like a thun, like with lightning coming out the top and the bottom. But it's just a thunderclap, which is different because that's a noise. So no wonder it's worth six where a lightning bolt was worth whatever, nine or something. Okay, then we have ancient sundial for five and a cool, like, uh, ancient sundial type image. I want to keep moving. Stone skin. So, like, uh, what is that? Solomon Grundy? Did Solomon Grundy have stone skin or was it just the uh, Was that the name of that dude? Uh, in the Fantastic Four, or was that somebody else? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's stone skin, and it has a hand which has stone skin. Number four, atomic symbol, uh, frost blade. I don't know these. Maybe these numbers are better, or uh, like the lower frost blade. Like looks like a frost blade, and like an ice blade. And uh, you'd say, holy cow, like, will the North remember? And I say, I don't remember anymore if they were like, uh, but uh, yeah, it's like a sword. Yes, it's a sword uh, made of ice, Frostblade 3. Frostblade's also probably a popular name in uh, D&D. Quicksilver uh, It's a jar or like a beaker, and it has a a cork stopper on the top and some sort of clear liquid, number two, Quicksilver. Also, a Kevin Bacon movie, 
uh, Quicksilver. I think Jamie Gertz and Kevin Bacon play love interests in Quicksilver. It's been a long time since I've seen that one. Kevin Bacon was a, uh, it couldn't be a tale of the tape just because I don't remember. But things I remember was like Kevin Bacon's shirt because uh, he had this shirt that was like a material that looked like chain mail. Took place in San Francisco, I think, or New York or L.A., and he was a bike messenger. And, uh, you know, of course he stumbles on, I think he's, you know, love and uh, stumbles on something. Number one with the atomic symbol is a moonstone. Very beautiful uh, uh, sphere, like uh, with some... Like elements that kind of make it feel reflective and like a moon, like a moonstone, like a polished moonstone. And yeah, don't make any jokes about me polishing my moonstone because uh, that's not what I polish, you know. I polish my, uh, I don't know, my flatware, I guess. Okay, now we're on to the leaf symbol, and this one is a gr- like the light green. I don't think it's quite a lime green. I'm sure John would say, well, it's a B set, like, say, okay, what is it? What is that stuff called? Pantone? I always say it wrong. Is it Pantone or get Pantone on the phone or is it Panatone? Or is it Pantene? Pantene is what uh, I wash my hair with sometimes. I like, is VO5? No, that's Videl Sassoon. Get Pantone. Remember a long time ago, I said, get Pantone on the phone. Uh, but this is wings of a dragonfly, and it has a, a, a dragonfly with its wings. Very, like, healthy, stout dragonfly. Don't worry. So you can see the poker-type elements. Nine is uh, 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 fire ants. Uh, number nine, fire ants. And the next one is eye of the owl, and it's a close-up of an owl eye. Uh, and that's it's super cool. It feels like I say I might put this up somewhere when I need inspiration. Uh, strange vine number seven, and it looks like a strange vine. This art is amazing. Uh, roar of the ape king is uh, number six, and that's a roaring uh, like a gorilla. It looks like all done in green. Circle of life. Uh, so circle of life is like intertwined vines or branches in a circle uh, that are alive. Uh, so circle of life. So more circle of life and an actual circle of life than a metaphorical one. Okay, the next one is hide of the rhino, and it's a hand too. So I guess instead of stone skin, you could have rhino hide. So this is interesting. So then it's like, okay, these things you would add on. Like, are you building a character with powers? I'm excited. Razor Claw. This looks like something you'd find on, a, um, what are those things? A Velociraptor, like a Velociraptor Claw. For kiss, for, for waking you up and saying, hey, good morning. Like my lunch now. Not you. I'm blue. Remember, I'm a friendly Velociraptor. I said, actually, I'm not a Velociraptor, Scoots. Oh, okay. Sorry, blue. But yeah, that's a razor claw. Uh, um, centaur, uh, centaur drool, drool of the centaur. 
and it, but it, and it has like a trophy that I would presume is full of centaur drool. And that's number two. And coming in at number one, uh, is like, uh, it looks like the kind of thing you'd have its horns, uh, like, or something you'd see in a Southwestern museum and it's, uh, uh, bone meal. Like, uh, I think bogue meal, like was, uh, the, uh, from, uh, Beverly Hills cop. Wasn't that, uh, commissioner Bogamil, Bogamil, Bogamil. Okay, next up is blue. Now we're on blue, which is the one, the symbol that kind of looks a little bit like a circuit board. Anti-grav thrusters. And it looks a little bit like a jetpack. Then we have a flame cannon, which looks like a flame cannon. It even has a digital readout. So this kind of gives me like a little bit of a StarCraft feel as far as like this has four symbols. We see, well, which one are you going to end up identifying with the most and using? And like people always, you know, no one ever asked me that, but I always like wonder, Scooch, which of the three um, of the, what do you call them in, uh, the thing, that game Starcraft, did you identify with Protoss, the Terran or the Zerg? And I'd say, well, one, I, I only played the, the, the campaigns I'd never played against other people. Even when I played against the computer, usually they would be a Zerg. Usually a computer would be a Zerg and do that thing where they rush and they get you. I prefer, and this kind of transit like, a. I prefer to be the one that, like, uh, just slowly does resource gathering, sets up a defensive thing, endures the first ons, you know, thingamajig. And then I like to have long distance. Like, I like to pick stuff off long distance. So it doesn't really matter. So the answer is it doesn't really matter. I think the Terrans were the easiest to develop that with because you just had to, like, uh, then you could, yeah, like you could, the hardest thing with the Terrans was uh, making sure you had something anti-aircraft. Uh, I think that was mobile. I remember that was like maybe what I remember. But you you could really get a lot of things out of uh, their ground units. Then Zerg, they had this thing that looked like a crab that really had good range. And I actually did like using that because also their second level ground troop uh, could do uh, anti-aircraft. And they also had these other anti-aircraft aircraft that were good to protect your flying crabs. Uh, and then I would say third was Protoss because theirs you had to buy. They had a tank too that had good range. But you had to keep remembering to build the ammunition for that one. So that was like, like I would never remember that. And I'd say, oh, boy, I got to go back. Oh, no, I'm out of resources. But the Protoss also had other stuff. Like the Protoss, if you had, like, time to really build it out, uh, they had some really powerful high-level characters. Anyway, oh, boy, I forgot I was talking about OHK. Okay, number eight is an optical sensor upgrade, and it looks like an optical sensor upgrade. Very cool. Uh, then we have carbon fiber, uh, and it looks like carbon fiber. 
uh, sonic disruptor, which looks like a bit like a squirt gun attached to, to, to something out of like a kind of 50s, 30s, 40s sci-fi thing with a, um, what is that called? Like a satellite dish attached to it. Uh, very cool. And it's shooting out some sort of sonic disruption. Uh, geostabilizer, uh, gyrostabilizer, of course, may, uh, and that looks is is a gyroscope uh, that you would just like the one you'd play with as kids. But this is you know powerful because you're in the theater of the mind. Uh, upgraded plating, so that's the hand. I guess four is always kind of like an armor thing. Uh, plasma cutter, that's a three, and it's kind of like a like a fork with a. I don't know what this looks like. So it has a handle, then it has two prongs with the plasma, like a laser going in between the prongs. Great for cutting. Like, it would probably be good for cutting cheese, depending if you could put it on lower power. A nanofluid, that's kind of a container with some sort of uh, DNA type, uh, but manufactured very... Uh, geometric helix inside the uh, container. Oh, and then somehow there's an uh, offensive thing in here right in the middle of the, my deck. And it's the Kraken from the deep it rises and then has a beautiful piece of art. Uh, and uh, so you got to buy this game. Uh, illustrations by uh, Simone Estrada. The illustrations by Simon Estrada. So just leave both those in there so I can see which one's correct. And I guess to use a Kraken, you would need four atomic symbols and three, uh, uh, what are those, leaf symbols, I'm guessing. Because that's what's on the bottom of the card. Now we're back to the uh, OHK cards. Number one for uh what do you call it is uh for the uh, circuit board quantum crystal processor and it has a pretty cool uh like one of those almost like a buckyball not a buckyball but like that buckminster fuller type look with an mc escher because it's like is this a cube or is it an septagon or whatever or is it something else is it 3d or is it 2d uh, then we got fairy dust. This is the the triangle one. So now we get into a fantasy type thing. It's like a pouch of, of fairy dust. Uh, it looks cool and it's got cool effects. Uh, Ashes of the Phoenix. Uh, that's nine, and it has a phoenix type of, uh, drawing or illustration. Crystal ball number eight. A crystal ball. Really cool. I'm kind of feeling this like a mustard one. Mithril, mithril cord. Uh, I think what's his name? Didn't uh, not get uh, not Gandalf. Uh, why can't it? My, my brain never remembers anything. Suits. That's what cards are called. I just remembered that one. Suits. So these are different suits. Uh, but mithril, and you'd wear a suit. Of, if I had a suit of mithril, it would protect me from people's judgment of not being able to remember Frodo Baggins and uh, Bilbo Baggins, which I did eventually remember. So I wish a suit of mithril. Uh, my life with J.A.R. Tolkien is the world's foremost Tolkien impersonator. 
just a title I thought of. Uh, Song of the Harpy. This would man. This is like uh, that. Uh, that would be one of my other uh, autobiographies. Uh, why I stopped singing. Uh, and it has musical notes with feathers on the um, on the end of them. So that's that's very cute. Uh, to me, it is. Uh, ring of the lich, uh, and it's like a a ring of a lich. I think that's how you say it. Lich. L-I-C-H. Then dragon scale for your armor for your in the hand with dragon scales on it. I'm definitely down from uh, d- uh, d- uh, uh, cooking tool of the crescent moon. And it has a cooking tool, like a scythe that you would use to harvest wheat. Uh, Tears of the Sphinx. Uh, and it has a, uh, uh, what is that called? Uh, Sarcophagi with a, a tear symbol on it. Uh, Tears of the Sphinx. Can you believe I could say Sphinx, but I can't say? I mean, I, I try. I don't know. I'm wondering how. Uh, what do you call that? Uh, what are those things? Those sounds, sibilants. That is Philosopher's Stone is number one. You say Holy Potter, uh, Philosopher's Stone, Pre-Potter. I know. I know. Okay, now we're moving on to the tools. Uh, OHK tool, number one, is living steel, or number two. And uh, it looks like Simon Estrada, and it looks like Simone Estrada did all these illustrations, but we'll see if anybody else did it. Uh, and it's like so very steampunk, uh, sentient but never sentimental. And it needs uh, two number fours, two uh, leafs, and three um, uh, circuit boards. And again, you could spend all day looking at these illustrations. The next one is uh, Sands of the Habnura. Sands of the Habnura. And this one is that... uh, like from the cover, it doesn't have the yawning friend, but it does have the the storm. Maybe it's like a phoenix storm. Very nebulous, very spacey. The wind is hungry. Oh no, this illustration's by Noah Bradley. And this one has you need two triangles, two number ones, and three atomics. Kutlu's, uh, how do you say that? Kutlu's grammar or whatever. Twice as ancient, twice as evil. And this is also by uh, Simon Estrada. And it has a cane and glasses, but it's walking in the, uh, uh, whatever that one is. How do you say that? Love like, uh, I can never say it. Hulu. 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 I don't know. I I never even hear people say it. Or if they do, it doesn't sound anything like it looks. So then I say, great goo, nanobot party don't stop. Uh, and uh, this is also by Simone Estrada, or this is also by Simon Estrada. And this one, you need two leaves, two number twos, and three uh, circuit boards. Uh, bow of elven kings that's perfect for dragons and pesky creatures oh, same, same illustrator and uh, I want to try to get through all these so I'm going to pick up my pace uh, of, 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 not of talking though 
Vorpal Scissors, uh, Cut the Fabric of Space and Time. Christina Hess did that one. And again, beautiful. Uh, Basilisk, is that how you say it? Basilisk? Uh, uh, and that one's a Stone Cold Farmer. Oh boy. And that's by Simon Estrada. A uh, time machine. Uh, they'll wish they'd never uh, gone back in time. Again, man, I wonder if uh, they put these on sale as prints. And this is by Simon Estrada. Uh, then we have uh, Abomination. Uh, some things just probably by this one's it's it's interesting, quite interesting. Abominable, abominable, a non-snow person. And this is also by Simon Estrada. Uh, then we have uh, NX-17, uh, Runny Nose. Oops. Uh, that's by Andrew Goh. That's by Andrew Gah. Uh, another great, this one's kind of funny and not funny at the same time. Illustration. Uh, Railgun Speed Kills, uh, and that one is by Simon Estrada. Uh, port, port, porta potty, uh, pretty gross. Uh, and that one's a green one from the cover. It's like a green, it's in a lab, you know, it's got that green descent coming off it. Uh, pit of oblivion don't look down and there's like a globe about floating above it this one's by noah bradley uh kaiju so kaiju maximus uh so that's a yawning buddy from the cover it's over a city that uh, seems to be in a nebulous form lightning uh thunder all, all that kind of stuff and that's Kaiju. Oh, part reptile, part robot, all smash. Okay, we got Frost Giant. Fun fact, she hates fun. Oh, and that one, previous one and this one are by Simon Estrada. Uh, Sleep of the Fairy Queen and uh, Century of Slumber Awaits. Uh, wow, really beautiful art on these cards. That's also by Simon Estrada. Uh, Portal Nowhere, Wherever You Go, There You Aren't. Uh, and it's kind of like a swamp with the cyber uh, space uh, cubes and Tron-like obelisks, and maybe even like uh, portal, like uh, gleaming light portals or something. Uh, it's the same illustrator. Uh, Hammer of the Gods, Forged in the Fires of Creation, It Never Misses Its Target. And that's kind of like Thor's Hammer a little bit. Uh, same illustrator. And our last card, Mostly Cuddly Rabbit. No enemy, enemy can withstand his cuteness. Uh, and it's a very cute, cuddly rabbit. I'm sure it's up to no good. And that one is also by Simon Estrada. So that's it for the cards. Let's just get a quick view of how to play this. Uh, so you have the the offensive tools. To win the game, you have to be the first player to build one. 
And you build a weapon with components, and those are the uh, cards with the suits. Each weapon requires specific components. For example, Frost Giant, you need four bio, or which are the ones with leaf, uh, and then three elemental components, which are the atomic ones. To win, just build a weapon before your opponents. It's that easy. Uh, setup, uh, get ready. A core deck is for two or three players. You shuffle the white cards, then deal each player seven white cards. Uh, those are your hand. Don't peek. Uh, put the remaining ones down, uh, face down on the draw pile. Place three white cards face up uh, in the field. And then if the overload card shows up, shuffle it back in the deck. And we have the playing field, which is cool. And there's a discard before you probably knew that. Shuffle the black cards, deal each player two black cards face down. These are the weapons you're going to want to build to win. You can pick up these cards or leave them on the table. They don't count as part of your hand. Set aside the remaining weapon cards in a pile. Decide who goes first, rock, paper, scissors, or whatever. And subsequent games, winner goes first. Okay, playing the game, the fundamental rules of one uh, kiss farm is to do only one thing, exactly one thing. We'll repeat that a lot because it's so important. So you could either draw a card, you could take a card from the draw pile or one of the cards on the field, put the card in your hand. And if you take one from the field, replace it with one from the draw pile. You could discard any number of cards in your hand face down in the discard pile. You can discard as many cards as you want on your turn, but why would you want to uh, discard? Uh, uh, because holding more than 10 cards is risky if someone gets overload. Uh, take a new weapon. Don't like your two weapon cards? Uh, take another from the pile. There's no limit to how many weapon cards you can have. Take a special card, or play a special card. Special cards do special things. Uh, or reveal your weapon and win the game. Because you can only do exactly one thing, you'll end up completing the weapon the round before you use it. Uh, super uh, important rules. Uh, components must be in a run. Components need to be in, oh, so this is like the po poker or uh, rummy, gin rummy. They have to be in the same class in sequential order, like a straight flush. So five, six, seven of the uh, elemental. Uh, you can't do two, six, nine, or eight, nine, ten, but not all of the same suits or class. And uh, ten is the top, so you can't go nine. It doesn't go back around like an ace. Nine, ten, one would not work. Also, components can't do two jobs. If you're trying to get the ones that have numbers, uh, like a basilisk, you need two eight, which are eye cards. Uh, you can't use those for your component cards or your uh, class cards. Automatic overload. If an overload ends up in the field, it is trigger, triggered automatically. Uh, additionally, if a player has two overload cards in, her, in their hand, uh, they trigger immediately and both overloads must be discarded. Okay, specials. Yeah, we went through the special cards. Uh, 
Overload is the most dangerous card, one of the most dangerous cards in the game. Forces anyone with more than 10 white cards to discard down to five. Sweeps all cards out of the field to the discard. Overlayer can, overload, overload can be played from a player's hand, just like any special card. It affects all players. If overload ends up in the field, it is triggered automatically. If for any reason a player has two overload cards in their hand, they trigger immediately and both overloads must be discarded. And then finally, close it as a backside. One Kiss Farm can be played, to, is designed to be evolved with expan- expansions and variants. Uh, expansion packs such as uh, Big Farm and Lore add new components, uh, offensive tools, and specials to one Kiss Farm. With an expansion pack, up to six players can play. Every expansion pack requires a core deck. Uh, most uh, offensive tools in an expansion pack use a mix of core classes and expansion classes. To use an expansion pack, shuffle it's so you you know, you can wait till you get your expansion pack. Variant rules. Uh, with the standard rule, while the standard rules are a great way to begin, the game can be hacked and customized. Small changes can have a big impact, forcing players to switch to strategies. These rules are called these rule changes are called variants. Variants follow a standard format, making it easy to see what's changed. This is the most common variant. Uh, communal communal offensive tools. Uh, you could use core and, or any expansion. With two to play, three players in core, or two to six players with the expansion, and your goal is still to build one of the weapons before your component, opponent can. And all you do is at the start of the game deal two weapons face up and place them near the field. Each player is trying to build one or two of these weapons. On their turn, players can choose to add a new weapon to the group with a maximum of four. Uh, uh, on each turn, each player is trying to add a new offensive tool with a, a maximum of four offensive tools allowed. And there's many more on their website, which I'll link to. So, yeah, that's a board game unboxing. Thanks for listening, and uh, good night. I'm looking forward to pl- I'm going to play this game tonight for sure, so with my daughter, Sophia. So, good night.